Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. There's a second reason that we should love the church, not only because it belongs to Christ, but also because God has designed the local church to be his instrument to help you to grow spiritually. The local church is his design, his plan to help you and me to grow spiritually. I guess we could compare the local church to a greenhouse. It's a place where you should expect the conditions to be right to produce optimum growth. It's where we get stronger so we can face the harsher conditions out in the world. God doesn't intend for us to isolate ourselves in the church and never venture out. We are supposed to grow there and use what we have learned to honor God in the world. That's what our Bible teacher, Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, is sharing with us today. God has given leaders to the church who are there to equip the body of Christ to be his servants in the church and in the world. This is really important, so I hope you will listen carefully. Now here's Pastor Steve. Paul writes in Ephesians 5 about marriage. He tells wives how to treat and respond to their husbands. Then starting in verse 25, he tells husbands how to treat their wives. He says in verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in all of her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we're members of his body. Then he goes back to the Old Testament. He quotes this. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you is to love his own wife, even as himself. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Now, when we think of these verses, we usually think of them solely as Paul instructing a husband how to treat his wife. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. I mean, that, that is the point here, that Paul is addressing husbands and he's telling them how to love and treat their wives. But what Paul is really getting at here and telling husbands this is that he's saying that you are to treat your wife the way Christ treats the church. Paul says this mystery is great. I'm really talking about the relationship of Christ and his church. That is the model you're to follow. And he says that Christ loves the church and has demonstrated that love by sacrificing his life for the church. He has died for the church with the objective that someday the church will be glorified. It'll be perfect without any sinful defects or spots or stains. And therefore today, what Christ is doing is he is nourishing and he cherishes the church 
to cherish possession, which essentially means that he provides and says he nourishes. He provides all that she needs to grow spiritually mature. And by cherish, he means the thought here is that he gives the church tender affection of his love and security. Now, folks, if Jesus loves the church so much that he would die for her, save her, sanctify her, which is what he's in the process of doing now, and someday we will ultimately be sanctified, then how can we be indifferent to the church? We, we can't. We are to look forward to gathering together on Sundays. Do you know that? This is what ought to make your heart beat faster. When you think of Sundays coming around, it shouldn't be, oh, I gotta get dressed. I gotta get up early. I've got it. That's how many of us, I'm afraid, think of, of the church. And I understand we have an enemy who works in our hearts and tries to give us a negative attitude about getting up early and getting dressed and going to church and giving and greeting people and putting a smile on all that. But really, if you have the right perspective on the church, your heart should beat faster. When Sunday rolls around, I am now in the habit of telling my grandchildren when I see them, I say, you know what's coming up Sunday? It is the best day of the week because that's when we go to church. You understand that you understand that Christ loves the church. We are to deeply love the people of God. Remember, the church is not a building. We are to do all we can to help them grow. That growth is to take place in the context of a local church where, where people, sinful people, minister to one another on a regular basis. Listen, your heart will beat faster for the church when you consider that these are the people that Christ loves in a unique way, unlike anyone else or anything else in the world. And as a result, you will love them. You'll sacrifice for them. You'll lose sleep as Paul did, to minister to them with all of their quirks and sinful defects. Because why? Listen, to love Christ is to love his people. You cannot separate loving Christ and loving his people. The Bible won't let you separate them. You can't say, I love Jesus, but I don't particularly care for his people. In fact, that's really one of the reoccurring themes of John's first letter. That's what we've been studying on Sunday nights. If you have not been here on Sunday nights to learn that, it's, it's really to your detriment. Those have been important lessons we've been learning. And over and over and over again, John says that, that if you don't love the people of God, you are a liar about your profession of faith in Christ. You are lying Because you cannot separate that. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, he took a little child in the midst of the disciples and the child was symbolic of any child of God. And he said, how you receive one of these, meaning one of my children, that's how you receive me. Meaning that how you treat another Christian is the way you're treating Jesus Christ. That's why you can't separate it. Paul was told when he was Saul of Tarsus and at his conversion, the Lord Jesus said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? He was persecuting the church. Jesus said, you're you're persecuting me. In fact, let me show you 1 John chapter 4. Look at verse 19. 
John says we love because he first loved us, meaning we love God, we love God's people because God first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. John isn't saying he's just telling a lie now. He's saying that's his character makeup. He is a liar by nature. A confirmed liar. If someone says, I love God, hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. This commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should also love his brother. You cannot separate love for God from love for his people. One of the marks of being a true believer is that you love the people of God. One of the marks of being an unbeliever is that you hate the people of God. So, One reason why we should love the church is simply because the church belongs to Christ. He loves it. And you know what? Thinking about all the sinful defects people have, and I and listen, I understand that only too well. But do you realize that every blood purchased Christian that you meet in this church or any other place with all their little quirks and sinfulness, someday they will be glorified in his presence. Someday, that person that annoys you, but as a believer, will be glorified and perfect in the presence of Christ. So treat them well now. He does. There's a second reason that we should love the the church. Not only because it belongs to Christ, but also because God has designed the local church to be his instrument to help you to grow spiritually. The local church is his design, his plan to help you and me to grow spiritually. See, when the Bible speaks about church, it, it can be referring to church in one of two ways. And the context determines which way it's being used. Sometimes when the Bible speaks of the church, it, it means the church collectively. All of God's people who have been saved in, in, in this time era. This is the collective body of believers since the time of Jesus. When Jesus said, I will build my church, he meant all those who would come to faith in him during this period of time before he returns. So in this sense, the church means everyone, both those who are now in heaven, who have trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior, and those who are presently on earth like us, who have trusted Christ as Lord and Savior. Sometimes theologians refer to this as the invisible church or the universal church. It just means everyone who's ever believed in Christ. And the Bible will use that term church in, in that collective sense. When it says that Christ is the head of the church, it means that. However, the Bible also speaks of churches in the plural sense, in, in the sense of a specific local body of believers who gather together in various communities under the spiritual leadership of elders. Most of the New Testament letters were addressed to churches just like ours. And so when we read, for example, of the Corinthians, the Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, it was Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth. Romans is Paul's letter to the church at Rome. And in those early days, they only had one church per city. Now it's a little bit different, but that's the way it was. The Thessalonians, Paul's letter to the church at Thessalonica and so forth. It's in the context of these local churches where God has supplied individuals to help us to grow spiritually. And I want you to see this. Let's go back to Ephesians again. But now Ephesians chapter four. 
Ephesians chapter 4. So understand, it is in the context of a local church that God has supplied individuals to help you to grow spiritually. He loves you that much that he has raised up individuals to help you to grow in him. Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 11. The he that it begins with refers to Jesus. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects unto him or into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Now, that, that's a mouthful. And I realize that there are so many various truths in that that sometimes it's hard to keep track of what Paul is saying. So let me simply explain it to you. What he's saying is that Jesus has gifted certain men. First, there were apostles and then prophets. We believe that those were foundational for the church. They, they spoke and wrote in an inspired manner. They passed off from the scene. When the apostle John died, the last apostle, there were no longer any apostles, and they were no longer prophets in the sense that men can speak revelation. But there are pastors today, and there are teachers today, and there are some, like myself, who are pastor teachers. We combine the two. But Christ has gifted certain men to teach you the word of God. This teaching, he says here, results in you being equipped or matured to serve others in the church, meaning you grow by hearing the word of God so that you use your own spiritual gifts and you all have been gifted to serve others in the church. And in this way, the entire body of believers in your local church is ministered to and it's built up spiritually as we serve one another so that we're no longer children who believe everything. That's characteristic of a child. They're they're gullible. Listen, my my grandchildren for a while believed that I was Superman, and they might still believe that at times. But we know that's not true. Children believe pretty much anything you tell them. Paul said, I want you to grow up and not be tossed around and about by every wind of doctrine that comes your way. And the way to do this is that God has raised up certain men in the church to teach you to help you to grow so you can help others to grow. Listen, in today's world, at least in our society, we have many opportunities to hear and learn the word of God. That's not true of every culture, but in our culture it is. There's radio, there's television, the Internet, there are CDs, there are books, there are conferences, and on and on it it goes. You can hear the word of God. You can hear good Bible teaching through those avenues, but understand that no parachurch Organization, meaning an outside the church, but Christian organization that teaches you the Bible can substitute for the teaching that you receive at your local church. Why? Because parachurch organizations don't know you 
personally. Therefore, they can't shepherd you in a personal way, the way that your pastors, your teachers can. Your pastors know you, at least to some degree, and therefore they know better than somebody who's never met you how to apply the Bible to your personal needs, to your strengths, to your weaknesses. It's part of the congregation. They're also available to meet with you privately, where they also shepherd you by teaching you the Word of God and specific application. And something that pastors do and can do because they are with you for the long haul, unlike Bible teachers, media Bible teachers, who you may not even know personally, or if you do, maybe you've met them once and they don't really know you or remember you, is that your pastors and teachers can live out the truths of Scripture before you week after week, day after day, so that they model for you God's Word and how it's to be obeyed and carried out in your own lives. No, no media preacher can do that for you. So why should you love and appreciate the church? Because it's through the church and its pastors and teachers that you grow spiritually. And you know what? That's priceless. Your spiritual growth and the teaching of the Word of God is something you can't put a price on. It is absolutely the most important thing in this world because there is nothing more important than learning the Word of God since it is through the Word of God that you learn about the God of the Word. It is through learning the Word that we deepen our understanding and our relationship with Christ. It's, it's how we know what we ought to do to please Him. It's what glorifies Him. It's that transformed mind through the teaching of Scripture that we go, oh, so that's what I'm supposed to do. There's nothing more important. Many of you may not know that I started attending Lakeside soon after I was saved. I was a university freshman at USF. I would come over from Tampa each weekend to Clearwater to this very church because I wanted to hear the Word of God. I was in a secular university, obviously wasn't hearing scripture there. I was hungry for the word of God. Now, it's true, I did enjoy the fellowship of God's people. I was in the college and career ministry here. But um, I wanted to come primarily to learn the word of God. I wanted to know God better. I wanted to know his word better. And, and coming over here, not only did it help me to better understand my faith, but in those very early days and years and weeks and months of my Christian experience, coming here helped to instill in me a deep love for the local church, not just the Word of God, but a local church that taught the Word of God, because this was the place that fed me and nurtured me. This is the same local church that fed my children the Word of God when they were growing up here, and it's now to my joy the church that is feeding my grandchildren God's word. They were the cute ones in the choir <laughs> with all the other cute ones. How can you not love? How can you not appreciate the place where you and your family learn the precious truths of the word of God? Without denying the sinfulness that we have and the struggles we have, we could say that the church is really, in this world, as close as you can get to a taste of heaven. 
morning we've looked to two reasons for loving the church. One, because the church belongs to Jesus Christ. It's precious to him. And anything that's that precious to him ought to be that precious to you. So precious that in every generation and in every location where his church is, he raises up leaders to shepherd the people, to protect them from those who would try to harm his church. Secondly, we love the church because the church is the instrument that God has chosen to help you to grow spiritually by teaching you his word. So there's really, as I said, nothing quite like the church on earth. As I said, there's actually nothing in the world that that is as precious to Jesus Christ as his church, as his people. And there's no place on earth where you can hear and learn God's word like you can in your church. And so I urge you to begin to cultivate in your heart a deep love and appreciation for Christ's church. A love and appreciation that will result in a renewed love for his people. A commitment to serve them. To care about them. To sacrifice for them. To be involved in ministries and activities in your church. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask the Lord to do that in, in your heart. But listen, if you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and your Savior, then you are not really a part of Christ church. Now you may attend church, you might even have slipped in and become a member of this church. Even if you're not saved, though we're trying to be very careful about that. But his church is made up of those who have repented and believed in Christ's death for them. So you're outside if you've never done that. But you don't have to remain outside. You can turn to Christ today for your salvation. You can become part of his glorious church. I'm going to give you a few moments to speak to the Lord now. Ask him to do a work of grace in your heart about the church. And then I'll pray. But for right now, let's bow our heads, have our hearts quiet before him and ask the Lord to cultivate a love for his church. Father, thank you for... For giving us to Jesus. We are your love gift to your son. We are, as Paul said, the first, he's the firstborn amongst many brethren. Lord, we uh, are so grateful that you have loved us. So grateful you made a promise to your son that we would be given to him. Help us to see the church, Father, as you see it. To love your people and to get beyond their sinfulness. And to care about them, even when they don't behave like they should, for, for we're just like that. But help us, Lord, to love them, to sacrifice and serve them, to see them as your people and not just individuals who happen to attend here. I also pray, Lord, that you'll help us to appreciate all who teach us the word of God and that we can grow here, that you've, you've given us a place to grow, a place for our children to grow spiritually, a place for some of us, for our grandchildren to grow spiritually, to be a part of a precious church children's choir, to be taught in Sunday school by those who care about them in junior church and have a WANA, children's ministry. Lord, thank you. Thank you for that. 
For some of us who have lost our vision for the church, help us to have a renewed vision and a deep and abiding love. And Lord, for those who don't know you, who are outside of the church, I pray that you'll bring them in. I pray that you'll bring them to Christ. I pray that you'll open their hearts to the gospel, that they'll understand their need to repent and believe in Christ. All this, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you growing in your Christian life? Have you submitted yourself to the training of your pastors and teachers? God never intended for a Christian to stop growing. He also expects for our growth to be centered around His church. Pray for your pastors and leaders and for your church. Today's broadcast of Verse by Verse is available for download at our website, versebyverseradio, all one word, dot org, along with many other messages that you can listen to right there online or download for a later time. Think about signing up for the Verse by Verse newsletter. You can sign up online to receive it, or just give us a call and request it by phone. The number to call to order the newsletter is 727-239-0306. Once again, the web address is versebyverseradio.org. Finally, we would like to thank those of you who are partnering together with Verse by Verse, a ministry that depends on the generous gifts of our faithful listeners. Most of our resources are available free of charge. We really thank you for your help in praying for us and giving so the Word of God can keep spreading. That's all for today. This is Jerry Pruden asking you to tune in next time on Verse by Verse. Verse by Verse.